is training ourselves for godliness. Scripture reading is from 1 Timothy 4, 6 through 16. Uh, Chris Brown is going to be preaching with us today. He's a guest preacher with us. And uh, after the service, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, Andrew Schopp, our, uh, one of our deacons, will be up front after the service. Here's the scripture. If you put these things before the brothers, you'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of a value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and true, deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all the people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity, until I come. Devote yourself to the public reading of the scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. This is the word of the Lord. Well, it's great to be with you, brothers and sisters. I'm Pastor Chris. I'm from uh, CCP, Christian Community Presbyterian in Newark. I'm working with Pastor Renato, for those of you who know him. Um, so it's, it's a pleasure to be here with you and uh, look at the word of the Lord together. So as, as we begin, I want us to, you to think, have any of you um, trained for maybe a marathon, a race? When I was in high school, I was a cross-country runner. Um, and there's a lot that actually goes into training, any, any sport, basketball, football. Um, there's a lot of, that goes into training. Um, and, and so when you physically train yourself for a competition, uh, there's how you eat, right? There's even how you sleep, right? It affects your performance. There is uh, not just, it's, if you're a distance runner, it's not just going out and running, right? If, how many of you here are runners? Anyone's a runner? There's always some wise guy, run forest, right? <laughs> Does that still happen to you? <laughs> uh, so there's, there's a, but there's a lot that goes into the training. There's a lot of different things. You, you, I'll speak for the running aspect. You'll do long runs and you'll build up your stamina, right? Maybe you'll do some interval training, right? To build up your speed, um, you'll not, and then it's not just that, but then weight training, right? You've got to work on your flexibility, right? You've got to work on your sprinting. Your coach may even correct you on the form, the way you run, right? Drop, the coach would sometimes run, would be yelling at us, drop your arms, drop your arms, they're too tight. Let them, relax them. So there's a lot that goes into training, right? It seems so simple. And I think if you look at professional athletes today, it's incredible the dedication that they will give to their bodies, right, to perform at the level they do. Diets, meticulously managed, right? Sports medicine has advanced, and they're training people how to sleep, right, how to get so that there's better performance, better recovery. And all these aspects go into training for the purpose of what? For the purpose of performing well in competition. And now, now, while we may not be professional athletes, there is also a benefit in physical training, right? 
Think of all the benefits we, we get from physical training. You can live life with energy. You can live life um, healthy. And so there's, there's many benefits of physical training, but physical training is a, um, uh, has many aspects to it as well. And if we want to perform, if we want to uh, have our bodies in shape, we must train them, right? Wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't it be great if you could just um, uh, uh, dream that you were out training, right? Pretend you lifted weights and then just suddenly get super big and strong. It doesn't work that way. We must train ourselves. And Paul is saying in this letter to Timothy, he's writing to Timothy, a spiritual son, and he's using this analogy, just as you've got to physically train yourself, your body, you've got to spiritually train yourself for godliness. So just as you can't sit on your couch, um, eating whatever you want, never exercising, and expect to be in shape, right? You can't as Christians, we cannot just um, expect spiritual maturity to come magically to our lives. And so Paul is challenging us today, and I want to challenge us to, today to look at this concept, to train ourselves for godliness and what that means. What does it mean to train ourselves for godliness? Now, before we get into that, to be clear, we do understand that to become a Christian... We become a Christian because God makes dead sinners come to life, right? We're dead in our trespasses and sins, and the Holy Spirit comes into us, makes us alive in Christ, um, and this is a, a free gift of God. Um, but now that we have received this free gift, right, that how do we grow up into spiritual maturity? How do we grow up into spiritual maturity? The scriptures and what Paul is saying here is train yourself for godliness. Train yourself. So um, if we look throughout the scriptures, what are some of the ways that we can be encouraged to train ourselves for godliness? I want to propose, um, this will be a little bit looking throughout the rest of scriptures too, not just here uh, in Timothy. And Timothy says, train yourself for godliness, so we've got to look throughout scriptures. What does it mean? What do we do? And there's the, throughout the church's history, we've talked about the spiritual disciplines, right? Spiritual disciplines. Um, three main categories you can think of. Uh, the Word, uh, prayer, living in Christian community. These are simple acts, daily means of grace that God has given us to train ourselves into godliness. If you want to be like Jesus, if you want to be more like Him, you must train yourself. You must pursue Him. Um, and so if you, if you want to think simply, uh, we'll, we'll look into this just a little bit more deeply, but if you want to think in three main categories, you can think about the Word, prayer, the Christian community. Simple, right? And uh, spiritual disciplines are not meant to be... Um, sometimes I think we think becoming godly is some uh, thing that like, just as like a rocket scientist or a genius um, becomes super smart, and you have guys working at MIT, and you're like, well, that's not me, right? We think sometimes like holiness and godliness is something that only these super spiritual people can attain to. It's not like that. God's given us very simple, very common means so that we can grow up and be like him. Um, he's given us his word, He's given us his word so that we can know him. And next week, I'm going to be here with you next week. With, with my church, we're going to begin looking at the spiritual disciplines. And we're going to be looking at Psalm 119. Right? And Psalm 119 is just a big psalm <laughs> praising, uh, praising God for his word. 
The psalmist is delighting in the Word of God, speaking how he meditates on it, how he loves it, how he runs to the commandments of God. And so not to jump way ahead to to next week, but the, the Word of God is given to us as our delight so that we can do what? Know God's ways. If you want to train yourself for godliness, what do you need to know? You need to know God's ways. So uh, to, to become a godly person, we must be immersed in God's thoughts, immersed in His Word. Simple, some very simple things, questions for you. Um, are you reading God's Word? And how are you reading His Word? Are you delighting in it? Um, now that gets to the heart, uh, but, but some very practically, do you read His Word? And when we read His Word... Do we meditate on it, right? So this is not just, uh, you know, um, some, some of my classes in school, the teachers would ask, how much of the reading, assigned reading, did you read, right? And so sometimes you're just reading a book because you know they're going to ask you and you're a Christian and you can't lie, so I've got to actually read it if I'm going to say I read it. And so the Bible's not like that, right? It's not just read it to check it off. Uh, are you re- as you read God's Word, we read it to meditate upon it. We hide it in our hearts. We memorize it. We think uh, in, the old, in the Torah it talks about you will teach it to your children when you rise and when you sit down, when you go along the way. All day long, Scripture is meditating in our hearts. So what are your plans? I mean, there's many different ways we can read the Bible, but the question for you, are you reading God's Word? When was the last time maybe you sat down and memorized parts of the Scripture? Um, it, it, not just memorizing, we can memorize verses. Another good thing you can do uh, is memorize the stories, the outlines of the Bible, right? Books of the Bible. What's the message? What is God saying? One, one example. I'll give you, in Peru we say yapa, the, the free gift. It's um, my, my free gift to you. It's unrelated to the main point of the sermon. But the book of Judges, right? What's the book of Judges all about? Book of Judges. We have a, a group of people. Uh, God's brought Israel into the promised land. And you see... Israel rebels against God. It's a cycle. The whole book is a cycle. Israel rebels against God. God gives them into the hands of their enemy. Israel repents. He raises up judges. The judges deliver them. Israel goes back. And it's just a cycle downward. And the judges get progressively worse. You get to the second to last of the major judges, Jephthah, who um, actually sacrifices his daughter. Now, I, some people try and say he didn't. He, I, I believe he really did sacrifice his daughter. But the point is, Israel was told, don't be like the foreign nations who are offering children in sacrifice. And here in Israel, their very own judge does not even know the rules of the Lord. Right? Then you get to Samson, and wow, that's just a total mess. Right? And so the book of Judges is this cycle of rebelling and forgetting the Lord. Right? And so it's, it's a call to us, it's a call to the people of the Lord to, to walk in His ways, the dangers of not walking in His ways, and the call to follow the Lord, right? It serves as a warning to us. So memorize, not only do we memorize Scripture, right, but we can mem- know the stories, plant them in our hearts so that we can live by them. We can live by the truths of God's Word. We can apply them to our lives, if you want to be like Jesus, um, you need to know his word. You need to know his heart. These are his revealed words to us. Um, so I, didn't, I want to encourage you, if you uh, find time. What time? What time do you spend alone with the Lord? When are you reading? What are you reading? Right? What are you meditating on? 
When was the last time you took a scripture passage and just meditated on what God is saying? Right? Something very simple, like I just gave the story of Judges. This is the, this is the cycle. When was the last time you sat down and just meditated upon that? Meditated upon what God's word is saying to you? Um, if you again, if we want to train ourselves for godliness, we must do these things. The other major way, and often connected, is as we pray, right? Because the Word of God has given us to let us know God, know His ways, and then prayer. <laughs> we commune with God, right? So we, we are to live, not only is prayer a time um, uh, where we set aside to go into our rooms. Jesus talks about closing the door, going in secret, and praying. But in prayer, um, we ask our petitions, right? The Scriptures are full with examples. The church crying out together to God for their needs, the Lord's Prayer we read. Give us this day our daily bread. Are you, do you pray for, to God for your needs? Right? These, these are all things in life. Food, job. Um, especially here maybe we think because we're so... Um, everything we need <laughs> tends to be provided for us. Right? Like I never was hungry in my life. Right? Um, so we can forget to thank God for it. <laughs> we can thank, forget to ask Him. But um, God wants us to pray for all our needs. <laughs> All our anxieties, First Peter says, cast all your anxieties on him. Do you cast your anxieties on the Lord? Prayer is a spiritual discipline, and as we pray, we talk about all our lives. Do you cast your anxieties on the Lord? Um, meditating is not just on Scripture, but it can also meditate on what God is doing, how he's moving in your life, presenting all your life before the Lord. Um, and so you know, we all can meditate, right? <laughs> right? We can all meditate. So you can meditate on Scripture, you can meditate on the Lord. Because think about this. How many of you have, when was the last time you had a problem in your head that you just kept running over, right? I, I know I did this, I've done this sometimes. Sometimes I'm walking and I'm thinking about the same problem and I'm analyzing the problem and I'm going over it and I'm like, no, but this, and, uh, this is the problem and this is the situation and this is the solution. And, and you just do circles around it. Right? Or maybe when it's something you're suffering. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe, you're, um, maybe there's a broken relationship and you just can't stop thinking about it. Right? Well, you're meditating on your problem. Right? So we can meditate on the word of the Lord. We can meditate on God's promises. And we can present all our anxieties to the Lord and say, Father, um, here they are. As we pray, we also confess our sins. Right? Prayer is a time where we confess our sins and we ask God, uh, when was the last time you prayed like the psalmist? Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. You know, test me and see if there's any offensive way in me. So also notice, prayer and the word are often connected here, right? They're not divorced. Um, so the, knowing the word helps your prayer life, right? And as we read the word, we don't read it just to know it, we read it to do it. So when was the last time you prayed and actually asked God to examine your heart? Train yourself for godliness. If you want to be like God, that means you have to put off the old, put on the new. And if we say we want to be godly, but we have not asked God to examine our hearts, the question is, do we want to be godly? Do we really want to be like the Lord? So when was the last time you asked God to search your heart? Jeremiah says the heart is deceptively wicked, right? Um, it's one of the reasons we have to be very careful not just to, not to trust everything we feel, right? Um, we need to ask God to examine our hearts, 
And I, I think maybe the last one I'll say here of these disciplines, we're talking about the word, prayer, um, is, is the concept of Christian community. We do, the scriptures speak about reading the word, it talks about praying, and we do these things where? We do these things alone and we do them in community, right? The very text we're reading, Paul um, talked to Timothy and he said uh, that until I come to you, devote yourself to what? To the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. So we do this as a Christian community, right? The scriptures are full of the church praying together. Right? So we come together and we pray as a church. We come together and we read scripture as a church. We come together and we read uh, the word. We also do this on our own. We close the door. We pray in secret. Um, so the scriptures teach both. Both by yourself, are you doing these things? And are you doing it in Christian community? And here's the reason that's so important. God has given you, brothers and sisters, to do what? To carry your burdens. Right? So when you're anxious, we'll go back to this one. Cast all your anxieties on the Lord because he cares for you. You're anxious. You learn the discipline of casting that anxiety on the Lord. Learn the discipline of receiving his grace. But then he's given you a Christian community to walk alongside of you. So the question is, who knows your anxieties? (laughs) Who knows the desires of your heart? Who knows the longings of your heart that are not fulfilled? Right? God has given you the Christian community for these things. Walk in them. And all these things, brothers and sisters, are uh, what we call the spiritual disciplines, ways to train yourselves to be godly, ways to be like God. Uh, but they're, not, they're nothing complex, right? <laughs> they're not rocket science. Simple. Learn to read God's Word. Learn the stories. Learn to meditate. Learn how to meditate on them. Memorize them. Hide them in your heart. Learn to pray. The, the, the disciples said, teach us to pray. Learn to pray. Learn to pray in secret. Learn to confess your sins. Learn to cast your anxieties on the Lord. Learn to pray for God's kingdom to come. And learn how to do both these in secret and in Christian community. If you want to be like Jesus... If you want godliness, and we were singing this, holiness, right, is what we long for. If you want to be like Jesus, we must learn to do these things, right? God has given us these spiritual disciplines, as Paul says, train yourself for godliness. Now, a couple, so so those are just, that's a real quick overview. There's much more we could say. That's a real quick overview of some spiritual disciplines. But um, I want to end with a couple ideas, principles, as we practice spiritual disciplines. Principles as, you, as we practice spiritual disciplines. First is this. Spiritual disciplines are means. They are not an end. Spiritual disciplines are a mean, not an end. Um, what do we mean? Uh, there's always a danger that we say, well, how much Bible reading did you do? Did you read your Bible? And it's like a checklist. <laughs> spiritual disciplines are a means so that we can be like God, so that we can know God. He has given them to us so that we can know him, so that we can be like him, so that we can be transformed to his image. Um, we don't do the spiritual disciplines. We don't pray. We don't read the Bible. Um, we don't live in Christian community as an ends in and of itself. <laughs> we do them so that we can know deeply our Lord and be transformed to his image. Um, again, so if you've captured that vision to be like God, to know God, that drives us to do the spiritual disciplines. 
But when we lose sight of that, and this is the second point I wanted to say, there's a, a warning I, I want to give, a, a, the danger of the Pharisees. Right? When we lose our heart, when we lose the longing to know God, when we lose the longing to be transformed to Him, what happens to these disciplines? They become a form of legalism, a form of, of earning God's favor. Right? Now, I, I think accusing people of being Pharisees is actually way overdone in the church today. Um, the irony, <laughs> I believe, is that you'll often hear people say, there's such Pharisees. And I'm like, I, I think a lot of people in the church today are, are <laughs> Lord, I thank you, I'm not like those Pharisees, right? So who's really being the Pharisee, right? Um, so be careful. The, the point here is not to, um, uh, uh, as I like to say, we're not throwing shade at everyone else, right? Like, take a look at yourself, right? The, the Pharisee warning for your own heart. If we're not careful, we can do the spiritual disciplines to gain God's favor. Father, I read my Bible every day this week. Jesus, I went to every prayer meeting at my church. I mean, those are good things, right? But the point of them is not, they are the uh, means, not the end. So be very careful um, not to do them as a Pharisee. You are not gaining God's favor through them. You are gaining access to God through the disciplines. Um, and third, it's that these disciplines are to be done in community and alone. Now, we already talked about that, but just want to repeat that. The spiritual disciplines are both something we do in community and we do alone. We learn to pray, we learn to read the Word alone, and we learn to do them as a church, gathered together. God has given us a Christian family, and one of the um, major dangers, I believe, in the church in America is this idea of in individualism, right? Me and God, I can go take my Bible, sit under a tree, and God and the Holy Spirit will tell me everything I need to know all by myself, right? Um, it doesn't work that way. God has given us a Christian community to walk with us, to confirm to us. Paul and Barnabas, when they were sent out, who was praying together? The church, right? The church. Now, God can speak to you and call you to things, but if he does, he will confirm it with the church community, right? So sometimes I hear people say, well, God told me to do this, so I've got to obey. <laughs> well, <laughs> if he told just you, maybe you heard wrong, right? Uh, so God has given us the Christian community to walk together, to confirm, to, to carry one another's burdens. So learn to have brothers and sisters that you can practice these disciplines with uh, in your life. Fourth, and this is again repeating something we've said, th this is simple. These things are simple. They're not complex. But there's ordinary means of grace. Today as a church, I, I, I believe you guys celebrate the Lord's Supper every, every week. Um, what, what is it? It's a means of grace. It's a means, a way to remember that we are sinners and that Jesus Christ really has died for our sins. And we, in this visual representation, are reminded that there is actual forgiveness. You are set free. Christ has died for you. And we are united to him in his death. Simple means of grace to remind you of who you are and what Jesus has done for you. Um, again, I want to encourage you this way, that uh, we can be like God. <laughs> God can make you holy. God can't, godliness can grow in you. This isn't reserved for the super spiritual. It isn't reserved for a pastor who studied in a seminary. It isn't reserved for some missionary who goes off to some tribe hidden in the Amazon jungle. 
these simple means of grace give us all the power to be like God. So do you want to be like God? God is saying you can be like him. He can transform your heart. We can train ourselves for godliness. He can transform you to his image. Um, Finally, I'd like to say is this. There's no shortcuts in these. There's no shortcuts. Um, I like, I've never read the book, but it's, it's like um, a, a title I like, A Long Walk of Obedience in the Same Direction, right? Uh, just the title to me, I, I love that. Christianity is really a long walk of obedience in the same direction, right? Sometimes I think we think of like Christianity, we live in a microwave culture. We want everything instantaneous, um, now, our church is having a week of prayer coming up. We just had a prayer meeting Friday. And when we do these things, we do expect that God will speak to some people, that some people will be maybe set free from chains that are binding them, that they, um, there'll be radical transformations in, in people's lives. We've probably all had that. Maybe some of you have had a conversion experience, where God, like a Saul experience, where God just spoke to Saul and he was converted, right? Maybe some of you have a radical experience like that. Or maybe some of you have had an experience where you've gone on a, a retreat and just have rededicated your life to serving the Lord. Um, or God spoke clearly to you, convicting you of sin. And from that moment on, it was like an, uh, an awakening in your life. God can do those things. Uh, the danger, I, I think, is sometimes we, we look for these radical transformation after radical transformation after radical transformation. Um, it's, it's almost like we're treating Jesus like he's some kind of drug to get a new high, right? But there's, this, there's the daily walk that he wants, day after day after day. So when you come back from that retreat, transformed, God's convicted you of sin, and you say, Jesus, I'm going to lay aside my old way of life. I'm going to lay aside my um, appearance where I've made myself look a way that I'm not. I'm going to change. I'm laying it aside. Now what do you do? (laughs) Daily walks of obedience. Holiness is not something you can microwave, right? It's the daily training yourself. If we go back to the athlete analogy, can an athlete, yeah, um, uh, can you go to the gym one day a week, (laughs) And just say, I'm going to do six hours today and it's going to be, uh, I'm going to put it all in in one day. It doesn't work that way, right? Language learning is the same thing. You can't just say, I'm going to study one day. It, they, they tell you it's better to do it spread out daily, consistently, than just jamming it all in to one day. It's training yourself for godliness is the same thing, brothers and sisters. The daily learning to die to sin. The daily learning to seek the Lord the daily learning to spend time in his presence, including the days you don't feel like it. Learning to read his word, not as a Pharisee, but because you love him, the days when you feel nothing, the months where you feel nothing, the weeks where you feel, God, (laughs) I feel dry, but I'm going to seek you. Um, If you want the spiritual disciplines, the seeking godliness, it's a long walk. It's a consistent walking with God the Lord. Um, train yourselves for godliness. So brothers and sisters, I, I ask you, do you want to be like Jesus? <laughs> do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to be transformed to his image? God has offered, God is calling us to be like him. And he says, train yourself now for godliness. 
Are you willing to train yourself for godliness? Are you willing to daily put in the time walking with the Lord, seeking his face, and praying, Father, make me like you? If that's your prayer, here's the good news. The great news is this. He who began a good work in you, says Philippians, will carry it on, will carry it on to completion at the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is at work in you, and he will carry it on. This isn't a vain attempt. This isn't a vain exercise. This isn't, we don't have some uh, model of some athlete up there that you're, want, you're trying to train yourself to be like them and you'll never reach it, right? God is saying you can be transformed to his image. Come, brothers and sisters, let's seek him. Let's seek him. And let's train ourselves to be like him. Let's pray.